You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 14, Maggie's top 10 favorite musical scores ever. Let's get started. What is up? It's Maggie Barra here. Welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then what's up? Thanks for joining us. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single Monday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic and on Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show, shall we? We are in the heat of audition season right now in New York City. It's popping. There is so much going on. There are so many auditions happening. There's like three, four, five things happening a day, and it's all about scheduling and figuring out what's going to work for you that day and how many auditions you want to do and blah, 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 blah. And also, ironically, this is the heat of audition season for college auditions. So for y'all that are getting ready for college auditions with your fam and you're getting ready to travel to one university to the next and to Chicago Unifieds and New York Unifieds or LA Unifieds and all that good stuff, then it's a little crazy. Can I just speak for everyone when I say it's a little crazy right now? Granted, it's awesome because I live for this. I live for going to three, four auditions a day. It's amazing because I just get to do what I love and then move on to the next and not have to worry about what I just did in the room. It just doesn't give me time to think about anything, but it's wild. And there's so many people around. I mean, you'll encounter a lot of people who are prospective students auditioning for programs, and you're going to encounter really, really crazy holding rooms in New York City and Chicago and LA, whatever. Story time. Yesterday, I went to the Muni EPA, which is a stunning regional theater in St. Louis. It does Broadway caliber shows. It's really incredible, and it's an amazing place to work, and I've wanted to work there for so long, ever since I went to school for this. I went to this EPA yesterday at Pearl Studios. It was packed and it was hard enough for me to even get in the sit into the city. Long story short, there was like this huge pile up on the turnpike getting into the city from New Jersey. So I had ended up like turning around and taking the train in. And by the time I got to Pearl Studios, it was like 8.20 and I ended up getting, I'm union, so I ended up getting like number 47 on the alt list. I mean, that's crazy. And I didn't even get seen until three o'clock. I think I was called at like two 30, right? Isn't that nuts? And I'm a union member. So that's how, you know, it's kind of wild. Um, I was expecting that audition specifically to be a little wild. And also right next door, they were having open calls for Disney. So it didn't help that there were just a ton of people running around going from place to place and changing. And it, it was just crowded. It was just a wild day. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just figured we'd do something fun today. So 
when I used to do Instagram live videos, people would ask me, oh, what's your favorite musical or what's your favorite, what's your dream role on Broadway or what's your favorite score? And I was going to do something that had to do with my favorite musicals of all time, but I feel like that's just a little too broad. I could talk for days about that, but... There are some shows I have never even seen that I'm quite literally obsessed with, and it's because I listen to the score. I listen to the musical score, and I just can't stop listening to it. So this comprehensive list is going to contain basically shows that I've seen and loved and can't stop listening to, and shows that I've never seen, but... I think the musical score is one of the greatest of all time. Or it's just something that I love. I don't know why I can't put my finger on it, but it's just, like, me. So you'll find, like, throughout... you. I think you're going to learn a lot about me today uh, in regards to what kind of shows I love. And I honestly hope that some of these spark your interest when it comes to figuring out a new audition song or even just a new musical score to listen to at auditions just to pass time. But yeah, so this is... Maggie's top 10 favorite musical scores of all time. We're going to start from 10 and work our way down to one. So I dare you to listen to the whole thing. And I also will fight you if you think that number one on my list should not be number one. If you know me, you already know what it's going to be. But (laughs) oh, this is going to be so funny. Okay, starting with number 10. All things he never did are left behind All the things his mama wished he'd bear in mind And all his dad had hoped he'd know guys that show puts me in a mood every single time I listen to it so that was Spring Awakening Spring Awakening is a rock musical with music by Duncan Cheek and a book and lyrics by Steven Sater it is based on the 1891 German play Spring Awakening it's set in late 19th century Germany and the musical tells the story of teenagers discovering the ins and outs no pun intended, of teenage sexuality. In the musical, alternative rock is employed as part of the folk-infused score. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I love that musical so much. So you're going to see that most of the shows that are on my list have a very pop rock slash folk-infused score. So bear with me. But I honestly think it's incredible and this was one of the first shows that really catapulted what is now a style on Broadway. And when you have an angsty rock musical adaptation of a play about the trials and tribulations of growing up, you better believe that you're going to have some stunning young gritty voices on that soundtrack. The musical itself first came to Broadway in 2006, 
So on that recording, you're going to hear young voices of Jonathan Groff, Leah Michelle, and John Gallagher Jr. This score is truly an icon of musical theater, and if you have not listened to it yet, then I don't know what you think you're doing, but stop right now and listen to it. Honestly, it's one of the reasons why Dear Evan Hansen is the way it is, or Next to Normal is the way it is. I think what's most interesting about this musical and about this score in particular is that its songs exist in a timeless space of expression, and so the characters are singing an inner state rather than in a scene. So songs are no longer there to advance the plot. Instead, the words become a conveyance for feeling. We're focusing on how a melody's notes make you feel rather than what they really are and and how well this person is singing them or belting them or yelling them, whatever. The songs are poetic, innovative, and transcendent, and subtle. And that's what I love so much about this show. What Spring Awakening did was it inspired future lyricists to explore how songs can function as more than sung scenes, but can open, as music does, tonal and intuitive windows into their characters' hearts. Musical theater lyrics can function expressionistically the way that pop songs do. We lament musical theater's estrangement from popular music, but if there is a chance for musical theater to grow as a form by singing in a pop idiom, it's not just loud guitars. It's this. Which leads us to one of my favorites, number nine. You better call the cops and give them warning. Sound the siren, bang the bell, a mean Rolls in this morning on his way to raise some hell. No sleeping us out or keeping us quiet. Try it through the golden gate across the water. See us coming, hit the dirt. Lock your door and hide your daughter. Wouldn't want her getting hurt. Going all in, throwing a dog fight. Big night. The party's on, we got till dawn. We'll be having some kind of time, some kind of time, living in large, making noise because the boys are now in charge. You cannot stand here right now while listening to this and tell me that that song is not a bop. That was some kind of time from the musical Dogfight with music and lyrics by the little known duo Pasek and Paul. The musical opened on July 16th, 2012 at the Second Stage Theater and concluded its limited run on August 19th. The show was directed by Joe Mantello and choreographed by Christopher Gatelli. And the original production actually starred Lindsay Mendez as Rose, Derek Klenna, Derek Klenna, I love you so much, as Eddie Birdlace and Anna Lee Ashford. It is quite literally a hauntingly beautiful musical about a young soldier who learns the power of compassion when he plays a cruel joke on an unsuspecting girl. The gist of it is that 
It's November 21st, 1963. On the eve of their deployment to a small but growing conflict in South Asia, three young Marines set out for one final boys' night of debauchery, partying, and maybe a little trouble. But when Corporal Eddie Birdlace meets Rose, an awkward and idealistic waitress whom he enlists to win a cruel bet with his fellow recruits, she rewrites the rules of the game and teaches him the power of love and compassion. It is studded with impressive songs. Because this was early Pasek and Paul, it paved the way for them for the likes of A Christmas Story and Dear Evan Hansen. But I think, personally, it's probably their best piece of work. I love every single song on this soundtrack. It has that, again, stunning combination of pop rock and folk from that time period. But what's so fascinating about Dogfight to me is that it takes place in 1963, but it's so contemporary. The songs, the voices, they're so contemporary, and it just lends itself to a really interesting piece of art. This is one of the shows that I didn't even get to see live. I was like one month late to seeing it. I found out about it the month after it closed. But it's also one of those musicals that I could not stop listening to when I finally came across the soundtrack. So take a listen if you haven't already. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And now, number eight. The shadow in her light But everything you know is true And everything you want to do And everything that makes you you Collides against the night And nothing's black and white That was Stephen Pasquale singing Wondering from the musical The Bridges of Madison County. This little guy was based on Robert James Waller's 1992 novel, and it has a book by Marcia Norman and music and lyrics by Jason Robert Brown. JRB is going to appear a couple of times on my little podcast episode today, so... I hope you guys don't hate him because he's one of my favorite composers of all time. Jason Robert Brown's work on the musical won the 2014 Tony Award for Best Original Score and Best Orchestrations after the Broadway production had already closed. It was on Broadway for really a very short period of time. One of those musicals that I wish was on a little bit longer so I could see another time around. I did get to catch it when I was on Broadway. At the time, Kelly O'Hara was in it, Stephen Pasquale, and a young Derek Klenna, who we just heard on this podcast moments ago. Now, according to Playbill, the critical reviews for this musical were divided. Although the musical had admirers who responded to Brown's score that mixed folk, country, pop, and operatic passages, i.e. me, it failed to ignite wide audience appeal at the box office. However, it did go on to receive nine 2014 Drama Desk nominations. 
including Outstanding Musical, Outstanding Actor in a Musical, Stephen Pasquale, Outstanding Actress in a Musical, Kelly O'Hara, Director, Music, Lyrics, Book of a Musical, Orchestration, Sound Design, but it only received four Tony Award nominations. So one for Kelly O'Hara, one for Best Original Score, Best Lighting Design of a Musical, and Best Orchestrations. What's so beautiful about this musical and the score in general is that the setting is in Iowa, and Jason Robert Brown includes a couple of uplifting folksy songs for this notoriously sudsy romance. The strum of Heartland guitars and pulsing piano really adds to the effect of the score. There are a couple of interviews online on YouTube that I will link to in the show notes below that have... Jason Robert Brown talking about his inspiration for each of these songs and why some of them are more operatic, why some of them are more folksy. The story is set in 1965, and Francesca, played by Kelly O'Hara, is a war bride with teenage kids on a hand-to-mouth farm. You really feel how Francesca is and is not part of the family of the little town, even of herself as she lives isolated from her native Italy. Brown's music responds with rich, string-driven melodies for Francesca that deliberately smack of Europe. He actually wrote the part for Kelly O'Hara, and she lushly delivers these long, nearly operatic lines in contrast to the rest of the show, which lives in a very folk country world. Complicated stories are told through a labyrinth of songs and melodies. But unfortunately, this musical adaptation just lived a little too short of a life on Broadway. So, so sad. Here's number seven. And there's peace in Marietta, and we're safe again in Georgia. Another stunning soundtrack by Jason Robert Brown. That was The Old Red Hills of Home from the musical Parade. This musical premiered on Broadway in 1998 and won Tony Awards for Best Book and Best Original Score out of nine nominations and six Drama Desk Awards. The show has had a U.S. national tour and numerous professional and amateur productions in both the U.S. and abroad. Now, this one's interesting. This musical dramatizes the 1913 trial of Jewish factory manager Leo Frank, who was accused and convicted of raping and murdering a 13-year-old employee, Mary Fagan. The trial, sensationalized by the media, aroused anti-Semitic tensions in Atlanta and the U.S. state of Georgia. When Frank's death sentence was commuted to life in prison by the then-departing governor of Georgia, due to his detailed review of over 10,000 pages of testimony and possible problems with the trial, Leo Frank was transferred to a prison in Georgia where a lynching party seized and kidnapped him. 
The events surrounding the investigation and trial led to two groups emerging, the revival of the defunct KKK and the birth of the Jewish civil rights organization, the Anti-Defamation League. So here's a really interesting history of the musical. Harold Prince turned to Jason Robert Brown to write the score after Stephen Sondheim actually turned the project down. Harold Prince's daughter Daisy had brought Brown to her father's attention. What came about was subtle and appealing melodies that draw on a variety of influences from pop rock to folk to rhythm and blues and gospel. The plot of the musical dramatizes the historical story and does not shy away from the conclusion of some that the likely killer was the factory janitor, Jim Connolly, the key witness against Frank at the trial. Basically, this is just a really, really interesting retelling of a historical story that was largely divided amongst the public. The musical starred Brent Carver as Leo Frank and Carolee Carmelo as Lucille Frank. And also playing young Mary Fagan, if you remember her from Disney Channel and Kim Possible, Christy Carlson Romano. The reason why I love this musical and this score so much is because it is daring, innovative, bold, and it's filled with soaring music all around a heart-wrenching story offering a moral lesson about the dangers of prejudice and ignorance that should not be forgotten. The music ultimately lends itself to heightening that. Let's move on to number six. Let me tell you about Petah Tikva. Such a city, everybody loves it. Lots of fun, lots of art, lots of culture. That's Petah Tikva with a P. Where you are, this is not Petah Tikva Such a city, nobody knows it Not a fun, not a art, not a culture This is Petah Tikva with a B Like in boring, like in barren Like in bullshit, like in bland Like in basically bleak and beige and bland That was Welcome to Nowhere from The Band's Visit Currently on Broadway, it's a stage musical with music and lyrics by David Yazbek. The music opened on Broadway at the Ethel Barrymore Theater in November 2017 after its off-Broadway premiere at the Atlantic Theater Company in December of 2016. It's received critical acclaim. If you watch the 72nd Tony Awards, you know what I'm talking about. It was nominated for 11 awards and won 10 of them, including Best Musical. The band's visit is actually one of four musicals in Broadway history to win the unofficial Big Six Tony Awards, which include Best Musical, Best Book, Best Score, Best Actor in a Musical, Best Actress in a Musical, and Best Direction of a Musical. It's truly an exquisite, small, touching musical with character depth and strong sense of place. It's gifted with a beautiful score and touching performances. And it's probably one of the most ravishing musicals you will ever be seduced by. According to the New York Times, that is. It's compassionate, it's humanistic, and most importantly, it's understated. Which is so fascinating because how many musicals on Broadway that not only come to Broadway but do well on Broadway are minimalist? and understated. Not many, and not many do well. 
It's basically just an offbeat story set in a town that's way off the beaten path. A band of musicians arrive lost, out of the blue, and under the spell of the desert sky, and with beautiful music perfuming the air, the band brings the town to life in unexpected and tantalizing ways. Even the briefest visit can stay with you forever. The musicians I'm talking about quite literally play on stage, and it's breathtaking. And I cannot get enough of the Israeli and Arabic sounds that basically create this masterpiece of a score. But now let's take a trip back across the world to number five. Hey. Hey. You look like a star. A vision in blue. Oh, I do. And you are... Hey, you came Well, I said that I might I thought we were through Me and you Not tonight Will your mom be okay? Well, she might be someday But for now it's all fine She's still on my mind Can you leave hey, it behind? Hey, Stay, let's see this am thing Am I crazy? I might end up crazy. I'll be here for you. You say that right. Next to Normal, one of my first favorite musicals. 2008 American rock musical with book and lyrics by Brian Yorkie and music by Tom Kitt. The story centers on a mother who struggles with worsening bipolar disorder and the effects that her illness and its management have had on her family. The musical also addresses the very deep issues of grief, suicide, drug abuse, ethics in modern psychiatry, and the underbelly of suburban life. Next to Normal received several workshop performances before its off-Broadway debut, winning the Outer Critics Circle Award for Outstanding New Score and receiving Drama Desk Award nominations for Outstanding Actress Alice Ripley and Outstanding Score. The pop rock musical opened on Broadway in April of 2009, and it was nominated for 11 2009 Tony Awards and won three Best Original Score, Best Orchestration, and Best Performance by a Leading Actress in a Musical for Alice Ripley. What's awesome is that it also won the 2010 Pulitzer Prize for Drama, becoming the eighth musical in history to receive the honor. The previous musical to win that Pulitzer Prize was Rent in 1996. This specific musical had a very lengthy development process that went into making it. It only became a Broadway success after two decades of work. Back in 1998, Kit and Yorkie first premiered the show as a 10-minute workshop sketch called Feeling Electric. It wasn't until 2002 that the musical had its first full-length reading, and the show continued to be tweaked over the course of several more workshops spanning the next few years. Years. In 2008, it was produced under the name Next to Normal for the first time off-Broadway, starring much of the cast that would eventually bring it to Broadway. And believe it or not, the show was not very well received. 
Critics thought it was too flashy, they disagreed with its stance on the treatment of bipolar disorder, and found it suffering from a bit of an identity crisis. So Kit and Yorkie listened to these criticisms and largely reworked the show, removing much of the glitz and flash to zero in on the emotional core of the story. That's why I love this musical so much. I ended up getting to see it twice on Broadway, once with the original cast and once towards the end of its run, and I honestly can say there is not a thing I would change about this musical. This surrealist, expressionistic version of Next to Normal was surely the most adult, most mature rock musical to hit Broadway in decades when it opened. Now, remember, Tom Kitt's music for Next to Normal is not just great pop rock music, like driving pop anthems and muscular guitar rock and gorgeous ballads, but structurally, it's very much an opera score with arias and duets, quartets, sextets. The vocal arrangements are literally spectacular, but beyond that, this is a bipolar score following the Sondheim rule that content dictates form. Music primarily brings emotion to a story, and this story requires a special kind of emotion. So Tom Kitt has expressed Diana's bipolar mood swings through his music. And not just Diana's. As much as they talk about Diana's mood, notice how erratic Dan is musically, from his weirdly manic It's Gonna Be Good song to the conflicting emotions and musical styles of Dan's big solo, one of my favorite songs from the musical, I've Been. And notice the several musical fights in the show. The darker the emotions get, the more rock and roll the music becomes. As Tom Kitt did with High Fidelity, he does as much storytelling here with his music as his collaborators do with words. If you listen closely to this score, Kit and Brian Yorkie have written musical dialogue scenes that both sound entirely naturalistic and also really economical, well-crafted lyrics with wonderful, original, surprising rhymes, including tons of interior rhymes, some almost hidden. Yorkie's lyrics are among the best ever written for the stage, I think. Several times in each song, Yorkie reimagines a cliche, turns a phrase, or left turns a sentence in an unexpected way that keeps us engaged and provides important foreshadowing or the development of textual themes and sometimes a dark laugh too. Now for number four. Standing by, mapping out the sky, finishing a hat, starting on a hat, finishing a hat. Look, I made a hat. Where there never was a hat. (laughs) 
Sunday in the Park with George, a musical with music and lyrics by none other than Stephen Sondheim. And of course, if I was going to make a podcast about my top 10 favorite musical scores, obviously I had to include a show that was written by Sondheim. This particular musical was inspired by the French painter George Seurat's painting, The plot revolves around George, a fictionalized version of Sarad, who immerses himself deeply in painting his masterpiece, and his great-grandson, also named George, a conflicted and cynical contemporary artist. This particular production opened on Broadway in 1984, and the musical won the 1985 Pulitzer Prize for Drama, two Tony Awards for Best Design, and a nomination for Best Musical and numerous Drama Desk Awards. This recording that you just heard on the podcast is from the original recording with Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters. I also advise that you go and listen to the newest revival recording of the musical with Annalie Ashford and Jake Gyllenhaal. It's stunning. Of course, it's nothing like the original, but it's still breathtaking. So go listen to that as well. I'm not about to analyze the work of Stephen Sondheim on this masterpiece, but just go listen to it. It's really stunning and it's heartbreaking and challenges contemporary norms of musical theater writing, which leads us to number three on my list. Faster and faster we watch as we gain never more. Seventy-three and too soon, it is seventy-four For a record speed I believe we strive For the maiden trip that's too hard to drive If you push him faster than seventy-five That is the truth, I swear recognize that voice? That was a young Brian D.R.C. James from the musical Titanic. Titanic with music and lyrics by Maury Yeston and a book by Peter Stone opened on Broadway in 1997. It swept the 1997 Musical Tony Awards, winning all five it was nominated for, including the award for Best Musical and Best Score. Yustin's second for both. Titanic is set on the ocean liner Titanic, which sank on its maiden voyage on April 15th, 1912. Rumor has it that a Broadway revival is in store for this musical. Not exactly sure when or where, but... They are definitely trying to at least have a couple of readings of the musical to help put it back on its feet for a revival. Only recently have I become a fan of Maury Yeston's work. When I did Phantom last year, I fell in love with that score. Now, remember, this is Phantom by Maury Yeston, not Phantom of the Opera by Andrew Lloyd Webber. They're very, very different musicals. And I also fell in love with Titanic shortly after, and I can't really put my finger on why I love this musical so much and why I love the score, but something about it is so grand. It skillfully interweaves the excitement on the luxury ship with the hopes, dreams, and ambitions of the passengers and crew 
while also taking into account the tragic resonance of impending destruction. It's not the movie, so don't expect My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. This is a very, very different musical. If you listen closely to the original soundtrack, you're going to hear the voices of Brian D.R.C. James, Michael Cerveris, and Victoria Clark, amongst others. The score is almost operatic in dimension, becoming almost like a compelling title surge. The music is quite literally haunting, and I think the score does a really good job at illustrating the now over 100-year-old story. This musical is based on real people aboard the most legendary ship in the world, and so Maury Yeston is tasked with the job of capturing each and every one of these individuals musically, which means that there's a lot of Irish influence, Scottish influence, British influence, American influence, all wrapped into one score. Ooh, we're getting close to my favorite musical, but first, here's number two. Monsieur Hamilton. Monsieur Lafayette. In command where you belong. Are you saying no sweater? We're finally on the field. We've had quite a run. Immigrants, we get the job done. So what happens if we win? I go back to France. I bring freedom to my people if I'm given the chance. We'll be with you when you do. Go, lead your man. I'll see you on the other side. Till we meet again. I am not thrown away my shot. I am not thrown away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. And I'm not thrown away my shot. I am not thrown away my shot. Till the world turns upside down. Till the world turns upside down. So I'm a Jersey girl and I love hip hop, R&B, rap, you name it. And when this musical came out, it rocked my world. That was Lin-Manuel and the cast of Hamilton, an American musical, a sung and rapped through musical about the life of American founding father Alexander Hamilton with music, lyrics, and book by none other than Lin-Manuel Miranda, inspired by the 2004 biography Alexander Hamilton by author and historian Ron Chernow. It's obvious why everyone loves this musical. It's different. It's new. It's hip. It incorporates styles that you do not hear very often on Broadway. And really the only other thing that comes close to it prior to Hamilton coming out was In the Heights also written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It incorporates hip-hop, R&B, pop, soul, traditional-style show tunes, and color-conscious casting of non-white actors as the founding fathers and other historical figures. Of course, the musical achieved both critical acclaim and box office success. Most of my favorite songs from the musical are sung by Leslie Odom Jr. as Aaron Burr. He's just so cool and calm and collected, and his voice is smooth like butter, and it's hypnotic. Honestly, the music in the show is exhilarating, but the lyrics are the big surprise. The sense, as well as the sound of the sung dialogue, has been purposely suited to each character, and it's brilliant. I want to read some of the character breakdowns for various auditions for the show. This is from the Chicago cast of the show. 
So, for example, Alexander Hamilton, non-white, an earnest, ambitious, hothead, a man possessed, speaks his mind no matter the cost, must be able to rap very well, Eminem meets Sweeney Todd. So that little tidbit at the end is there and included for every single one of the characters. Eliza Hamilton, Alicia Keys meets Alphaba, Angelica Schuyler, Nicki Minaj meets Desiree Armfeld, Aaron Burr, Javert meets Most Def. <laughs> I love that. George Washington, John Legend meets Mufasa. I see it. Lafayette slash Thomas Jefferson. Harold Hill meets Drake. Come on, it's so spot on. Uh, this is probably my favorite one, though. This is for the actress who plays Peggy Schuyler slash Mariah Reynolds. Jasmine Sullivan meets Carla from Nine. <laughs> dead i just think it's perfect and it says so much about the show and what they're looking for and the style of music and how different every single character's style of music is in the show i'm just excited to see what comes next out of Lin-Manuel's brain because it's always brilliant and last but not least my favorite musical of all time and i'm getting way too excited for it just to talk about it on this podcast but here is number one. My brother is quite madly in love. He is quite madly in love with you, my Natasha, Pierre, and the greatest musical of all time. That was Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, a sung-through musical adaptation of a 70-page segment from Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace, written by composer and lyricist Dave Malloy. It's based on Volume 2, Part 5 of Tolstoy's novel, focusing on Natasha's affair with Anatole and Pierre's search for meaning in his life. After seeing this show, you guys, I went and got the full book of War and Peace, and I am not even close to making a dent in it. But it's everything I ever wanted and more. <laughs> this musical was so ahead of its time, it's disgusting. And it had such a short run on Broadway that it's a shame. Dave Malloy's original score, also orchestrated by Dave Malloy, merges Russian folk and classical music with indie rock and EDM influences, which is so cool and unexpected. And when I saw it, I freaked out. The piece is described by Dave Malloy as an electropop opera and is through composed with just one line of spoken dialogue in Pierre and Natasha's only scene together. On stage, nearly all of the actors play musical instruments, augmenting 
the show's orchestra. Josh Groban, who plays Pierre, plays the accordion briefly and also plays large sections of the score on the orchestra's piano. And what's so, so, so cool about it that I can nerd out about the show for days is that the libretto contains many passages taken word for word from the 1922 translation of Tolstoy's novel. Which is what makes the show so complex because a lot of the lines don't rhyme and they don't complete themselves like a typical musical would. It was nominated for all of the Tony Awards for Best Musical, Book, Original Score, Orchestrations, Actor in a Musical, Josh Groban, Actress in a Musical, Danae Benton, Featured Actor in a Musical, Lucas Steele. It won for scenic design. It was also nominated for costume design and direction and choreography, and it also won for lighting design. Honestly, I thought it was gypped from all of the wins that it should have gotten. But we can't have everything, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I think the show is way ahead of its time, and that's all I'll say about that. If you also appreciate Great Comet as much as I do, DM me and let's nerd out together because I can talk about it for days. This show burned brightly and flared out way too fast. But that is all, ladies and gents. This concludes episode, what, 14? Of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you feel so inclined, give me a shout out on Instagram. For further inquiries, email me at maggie at actoraesthetic.com or shoot me a DM at actor aesthetic. It takes a village, y'all. I shall see you next week. Mm-hmm.